Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 266, and we're talking about things to do in Andalusia. That's right, over the last, what, four months we've been travelling around Andalusia. The, the last month or so of Indie Rail was spent in Spain, and then three months in uh, Jerez, where we explored, well, everything. a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Andalusia is really, really, really big. In fact, it takes up about a fifth of the country, the southernmost fifth. And uh, we're not going to talk about all of it because we've actually talked about, what do we talked about, Malaga and Cordoba in previous episodes and Granada as well. So um, there's actually eight regions in, in Andalusia and we'll be talking about the region of Cadiz, more or less, which is where we are at the moment. As you know, we are all about independent travel, but sometimes it just makes sense to do a tour. We've been doing day tours with Urban Adventures and uh, a few other bits and pieces here and there as well with different companies. So we've started up a reviews site at reviews.indietravelpodcast.com and also a tours uh, part of the website at tours.indietravelpodcast.com. So if you're looking at uh, somewhere to stay, something to read, some gear to buy or a tour to do, check out reviews.indietravelpodcast.com. And then uh, when you go to book a tour, go and have a look at what's on tours.indietravelpodcast.com because booking through the site helps us stay traveling. And we like it when you do that. So, uh, talking about our week this week, well, let us let, let you in on a secret. We're actually recording this podcast in advance because we're planning on taking a week's holiday. Now, I told someone that we're going to be taking a holiday and they were like, what? You guys are always on holiday. <laughs> that is not true. Yeah, my uh, to-do timer the other day said I'd done 15 and a half hours of work in one day, so... I'm not sure where the holiday comes in. <laughs> but you are in Spain. It's Everyone true. knows you go to Spain on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, I can't say that we've been having a bad time here. It's been absolutely fantastic. So let's talk about things to do and the best places to visit in the Cadiz region of Andalusia. So first of all, let's talk about the capital, which is also called Cadiz. Rather uninventively, the all of the regions of Andalusia are named after their, their main cities. So Cádiz, Cádiz, Málaga, the region of Málaga, the capital is Málaga, Córdoba, Granada, Almeria, Huelva, Jaén, etc. They are all regions and cities. Uh, we are currently in Cádiz region, which is kind of confusing because Jerez de la Frontera is also a very large city within the region. So when you're talking about, oh, I'm going to Cádiz, well... Sometimes you need to say you're going to Cádiz Capital to make it clear that you're talking about the city and not the region. Yeah, Spain's good like that. Yeah, it's kind of confusing. <laughs> the thing that most interests me about Cádiz, I guess, is the fact that it, Napoleon didn't manage to get there. He managed to take over most of the rest of Spain, but got stopped there. And a large part of that was because Cádiz was, and still is, on an isthmus. And they actually flooded the area between the mainland and the city out on the isthmus to uh, make it into a temporary island. It's so cool. <laughs> it's quite crazy, eh? Um, so it's easy to see why everyone's kind of cramped out on this place at the edge, because it is this little bubble of a city on the end of the isthmus. Yeah, and it's, it's quite small. It's, it's a very small city. And uh, it's got very defined limits, <laughs> being on an isthmus. And it's really easy to see most of it in a day by foot. And in fact, the local government has marked four different routes around the city, focusing on different aspects of its history, which is awesome. 
We particularly like the green line, and it's actually painted on the ground, which makes it so much easier. Yeah, um, until you get to a corner where there's no green lines, and you walk up one of the four different possible roads for several minutes trying to find the line again. We are it's, in Spain. It, it's painted on the line on on the on the pavement in the Spanish fashion. Yeah, yeah, mostly <laughs> mostly painted on the on the ground. But anyway, you you follow it, and it takes you to different places. So. We like the green one, which takes you to the Roman amphitheater, the old and new cathedrals, the town walls, the market, and all sorts of other places. But there are also three other three other lines that you can follow. We followed the orange one for a bit, which I think was focusing on... Oh, there was one about the constitution history or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think the good thing about them is if you're just wandering around checking stuff out, if you don't really know where to go next, you can just start following one of the lines. That's exactly and what we do. you're more or less sure to find something interesting. Yeah, and what's really good about it is that there are information boards out, outside each of the sites of interest, uh, and the, the information is in English and in Spanish, so that's very good. I guess the main paid attractions are two of the towers that you can go up, uh, one at the cathedral and another one at a tower called the Torre Tavira. And uh, they're both, I think they're five euros each, or at least they were when we were there a couple of weeks ago. Well, we didn't go up the uh, cathedral tower because, well, it's five euros. And then if you want to go visit the cathedral as well, it's an extra five euros. So that's 10 euros in total, which is getting a bit steep, especially because we were already going to be going up the Torre Tavira. Mostly because they've got a camera obscura. It was the first camera obscura in Spain. And they're so cool. Linda, you're such a geek. <laughs> Linda's on this big camera obscura fix at the moment. is looking them up all over the world to I try and go, go and see them. them all. Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. Well, they're awesome. The uh, cathedral tower is actually taller than the Torre Tavira, but I think that because the camera obscura goes out the top of the tower, you actually have a higher viewpoint. Anyway, it's better. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a geek. Well, this tower was built during uh, Cadiz's boom period as a merchant port. All the merchants would come in with their wares, and the merchants needed to be able to see when their boats were coming in. So they all had towers. And it's one really cool aspect about about Cadiz is that you can see all these towers popping out above the above the rooftops. But quite a lot of them you can't actually see because the roads are so narrow mm -hmm. and the building's so high, you actually need to go up the towers in order to be able to see the towers. That's true. Because otherwise you're just looking at kind of concrete frontages that everything's made out of. So, yeah, definitely if you head to Cardiz, go up. Find, find, yeah. Choose a tower, any tower, but uh, definitely go up. Another paid attraction is the museum, which costs one fifty, but it's free if you're an EU resident or even if you just say you are, like I did. <laughs> I am an EU resident. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when they you want to be. They didn't ask for any information. When you want to be. Well, I do have a card that says I am. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'd run away by this point. What's the museum like? Is it's, it worth going into? Yeah, it's definitely worth a wonder. There's, uh, there's a couple of sarcophagi, which are really cool. One was found about 100, well, about 120 years ago, and the other one 100 years later. Uh, one's of a man and one's of a woman, and they're lying side by side, and they're quite cool. There's also Phoenician relics, a whole bunch of art. And oddly, uh, there, are, there are three stories. So you've got the ground floor, and you've got the first floor, and then you've got the second floor. But the second floor has two parts with staircases going up in different areas, and you have to kind of go up and then down again. And up one of these little secret staircases is a puppet display. It was really cool. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> like, you awesome. know those marionettes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
was fun. That's weird. It was odd. Um, another thing you can go into is the Cathedral Museum. Um, if you're going up the tower that's owned by the same people as those, you can get a combined ticket for seven euros, I think, or it's five euros per thing. And uh, yeah, we didn't go, so I have no idea if it's worthwhile or not, <laughs> but it's something we saw advertised everywhere. There's also lots of free things to do around Cadiz. Uh, there's two castles, although you can't visit one of them. You can walk all the way out to it. It's on this, this the edge of a walkway that was built, kind of encompassed the harbour, and uh, that gives you pretty good views of the city. That's the San Sebastian Castle, and the Santa Catalina Castle is free to enter and hosts a small museum and an art exhibition. Yeah, or several art exhibitions, really, eh? Yeah, it's kind of and they're all bitsy. Yeah, bitsy, bitsy. But these two castles sit out on either arm of the main bay, and uh, the Battle of Trafalgar happened just outside it. Mad. So that's you're kind of looking at the patch of water where that happened. And between the two castles on the beach, which is popular in summer, there's uh, a, a white building, which you might notice, uh, might recognise if you've seen Casino Royale. In that white building in between the two castles is a marine archaeology uh, center. Unfortunately I tried to go and talk my way into it to see what they were doing but uh, there's no public visits Sad. and I wasn't uh, able to talk my way in <laughs> not quite persuasive enough in, uh, in Spanish yet but yeah that's an interesting building both for its cameo in, <laughs> uh, in the Bond movie and also to think about the work they're doing there uh, kind of dredging up and restoring things from the Battle of Trafalgar and other marine battles. There's a couple of other free things you can visit. The uh, military fortification Beluate de la Candelaria is uh, kind of like another castle, although it isn't actually a castle. And it also has uh, an art exhibition in it. And in the Oratorio de San Felipe Neri, there's a display about the constitution of 1812. It's all in Spanish, but it's worth a visit anyway, even if you don't speak Spanish. Yeah, the constitution was Spain's first constitution, uh, so it's kind of a, a very important founding document, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. It's known as La Pepa, and uh, I'll explain why, and you'll be, you know, you'll completely understand why. <laughs> they say it's called La Pepa because it was signed on St. Joseph's Day. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, total perfect sense. Thanks, Linda. <laughs> okay, a bit more explanation. People who are called Jose are called Pepe for short, don't ask. And Pepa is the feminine form of Pepe. And I suppose because La Constitución is feminine, they use the feminine form, La Pepa. It was better before you explained it. <laughs> A great time to visit Cardiz is not at the height of summer. It's actually better in the shoulder seasons where it's cool enough to be able to breathe instead of uh, the 40 degree plus heat you get. Uh, but you've always got a sea breeze to cool you down and sometimes you've got some very strong winds oh, yes. to freeze you to death, especially over winter. Um, the Cadiz Carnival is huge, the Cadiz Festival, and that happens at the beginning of Lent. Yeah, now in fact. And we were planning on going down to, to see it, but we just didn't manage it. No, it's we're happened, a little over, bit sick happens over the last weekend. Yeah, it's... it's still going on now, actually. We really should go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did see a little bit of carnival here in Jerez, and that was pretty cool. Well, let's talk about Jerez then. Um, the biggest city in the area. Yeah, well, Jerez is known for wine, horses, and flamenco. And there's also a lot more to it than that. We spent three months I, here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd say so. We've done a lot more than just that. In fact, 
We have been focusing on, on the wine. We've been really negligent with the, uh, the horses and the flamenco. You can see what our preferences are. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a pretty city. It's really lovely just to wander around. We go for a walk every, every afternoon. And uh, like in Cades, the local government has prepared several routes, such as a wine route or a flamenco route. Unfortunately, they aren't marked like they are in Cades, but there are inform information boards about each attraction in English and Spanish. Yeah, and you can pick up a map from the tourist board, which is in the Plaza Arenal. Mm -hmm. um, I'll show my geeky side at the moment. Arenal is my favorite word <laughs> at the moment. Because it's a plaza that was covered in sand, and it was like that so that people could exercise their horses, like the nobles could exercise their horses, and that turned into games, and that turned into mock battles, and that's where we get the English word arena from, covered in sand, arena. Nice. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yep. You are a right. geek. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk about wine. <laughs> Excellent. Well, the name Jerez is the same as the word for sherry in, in English. So uh, this is where sherry is from. Over the last three months, we have been learning about sherry by drinking it, quite a lot of it. And uh, you can do that in a bar, like Tabanco Plateros is our favorite. A tabanco is um, an old style sherry bar, and they have big barrels with sherry in them, and they serve the, the sherry straight from the barrel. Costs a euro a glass. It's so good. Yeah. Oh. I'd also give an honourable mention to the Tabanco area in Damajuana. Oh, yeah. Um, that's really nice as well. Damajuana's got like four or five different bars. Um, but, yeah, the Tabanco area is really neat. So as well as going and drinking in a bar and always choosing sherry over red wine or white wine, because that's just how it's done here, <laughs> uh, you should also do a winery tour to get your head around how the wine is produced because it's quite different to the, the normal production's um, strategy. I think I'd probably recommend Bodega's Tradicion. That's, our, that's been my favourite tour so far. Yeah, certainly. Now, it is the most expensive at about 20 euros a head. Yeah. Uh, but that includes a visit of the winery with an explanation of how sherry is made. It includes a visit to their art gallery, and they've got some wonderful art from the 14th century on through, including uh, stuff by Goya and some the of the... Greco, yeah, um, which is pretty amazing. A, a wonderful the art Lasquez. museum. Yeah, it's really good. It's world quality. And then you can sit in uh, an area called the Sacristy with uh, tile paintings by Picasso on the <laughs> yes. wall. Picasso, and, age uh, 12 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, drink probably the nicest wines and brandies that we've had, asterisks. <laughs> Certainly the best range. So it's the most it's the well. most expensive, but it was phenomenally high value. We we left just laughing with happiness. We had a really really good time. Uh, however, if you don't have twenty euros to to spend, then I don't know. There's there's quite a lot of other ones you could choose. Hmm. If you want a more touristy one, uh, Beam is quite a good option. It costs about eight euros. They're a conglomerate owned by the company that owns Jim Beam. And they've bought three of the major uh, bodegas here. I would definitely choose that over Gonzalez Bias because Gonzalez Bias, we went, it cost twelve fifty. You got two tastings. Just, I don't know. The tour was okay, but I felt a bit ripped off paying so much and getting only two tastings. Yeah, tastes. it was the second most expensive tour out of those that we did, and it seemed like the worst value. So Gonzalez Bias is famous for the Tio Pepe, um, which is one of the most famous dry sherries. And also, um, what's the uh, the cream they do that's that's famous? Can't remember. They do a sweet sherry as well, a cream which is uh, 
also a very well-known Crofts. Croft, That's yeah. what it is. I and, really uh, didn't like it. Those are the two you got to try, Tio Pepe and Croft. And the Tio Pepe was nice. It was fine. But the Croft was not good. And that was the last one we tried. We got two tr- two tastes and, ah, you know, left with a bad taste in the mouth, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of the le- lesser-known ones that are definitely worth a visit are Dias Merito and Alvaro Domic. They were well-priced. They were good options, good tours. I really enjoyed their wines as well. Yeah, and Diaz Merito actually organizes cooking with sherry classes, mm. which I would recommend. Yeah. I liked Elva Rodomic because they took us to the vinegar cellar, which none of the other ones had done. And uh, Williams and Humboldt is also a good choice, but it's a little out of town. If you're lucky, you could um, book your tour to coincide with a, a short horse show as well. So that's worth considering. Yeah, that's quite cool. You can do. They've got the largest uh, bodega in uh, Europe. Europe, in all of the, Europe. <laughs> the largest wine cellar in Europe. I think it must be Western Europe because there's that huge underground one in Moldova, I think it is. Let's go see. I don't know. Let's, <laughs> let's go find out. But it is huge and they've got a great little museum or two or three. I, I lost track. Um, and a horribly uh, cliched um, kind of 3D video. Everyone's oh. fascinated by these holographic videos. So They're bad. so cheesy. But yeah, worth it for the the huge, huge uh, size of it. And they had some great wines as well. And the horse show. So Mm -hmm. you get... It's all included. You know, you get the biggest, you get a touch of the horses, but you really need a car to get out there. It really depends on what you're looking for. I I preferred Tradition, Diaz Merito and Alvaro Domic because we got small tours. Whereas with the other ones, um, Beam, Williams and Humboldt and Gonzalez Bias, they can have groups of up to 50 people. So you don't really have... Mm. much contact with the guide it just seems like you're you're being led around like a flock of sheep so <laughs> we didn't if you go on in winter you probably won't have a, a large group with actually my gonzalez bs tour there are only three of us in the group but if you go in summer you are running the risk of being one of many absolutely well uh we mentioned horses there so let's talk about the andalusian horse or the cartusian horse both very famous famous names in the horse world yeah well you'll see statues of them all around the city and uh, as we said if you visit the williams and humbert bodega you get a short horse show included in the entrance price but apart from that the uh, most famous horse centers are real escuela de arte equestre or the royal uh, the royal school of equestrian art which has a show at 12 on thursdays and yeguada de la catuja has one at 11 on saturdays and both have various prices depending on where you sit and what you do and what time. I don't know. But around about 20 euros. Yeah, now we did the one at the Yaguara de la Catuja. And uh, I'm not a horsey person. I was going because I kind of had to because it's something that you really have to do in Jerez. And I had a great time. I really enjoyed it. So um, that was definitely worthwhile. And people we, that we talked to, uh, many of them said they preferred the one at the Yaguara because you got to see a wide range of horses, whereas mm-hmm. the one at the uh, the Royal School is uh, quite formal, where they do different types of dressage, which is kind of like horse ballet. Um, but yeah, but no, then, I really that, that liked it. That being said, we didn't go to the Real Escuela, so That's we right, really we, we don't have a true, uh, true comparison. Really difficult to get there and back, unless mm-hmm. you're on a tour. Um, there's a few options, around 35 euros that include that, and a visit to the Cartouche Monastery, and... Uh, so yeah, you can ask about that in the tourist office. They'll be able to hook you up only on Saturdays. Yeah, or rent a car and make that part of a, a larger day trip. Yeah, that could be cool. You guys see some of the Pueblos Blancos? Linda, we've been talking for about 20 minutes. We should speed okay, up. Okay, quickly, Flamenco. 
We're not very big on flamenco, although we have done a few flamenco-y things. Mostly, I enjoy just wandering around the streets and running into people, sitting outside bars, strumming a few bars of flamenco. It was awesome. You know, you just walk past and they'll be like singing. (laughs) Yeah. So you do really get a feel for flamenco here if you go past the right places. Yeah, you just need to wander around, eh? Yeah. There are flamenco shows, which are touristy and expensive. We haven't done any of them because we don't like that kind of thing. We did go to a free recital, which was quite cool, but it's it's very emotional. So we just stayed for a couple of songs because, you know, it's... Well, it's very statical as well. Yeah. It's very discordant and... Um, yeah, but go to the go to the penas. Don't go to the flamenco shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, f- a few of them around, and some of the tabancos will host uh, host flamenco singers or flamenco dancers as well. Um, it's much more. I don't know. It's nicer. Mm-hmm. Moving on, the Alcazar Fortress is a must visit. We only just managed to do it last week, even though it is actually next door. It's <laughs> free literally. on Mondays. We we didn't find this information until we actually went on Wednesday and uh, had to pay full price, but that's okay. Uh, you still have to pay for the Camera Obscura, which is definitely worth seeing. I like Camera Obscura. <laughs> it's five euros 40, including the Camera Obscura, if you visit not on a Monday, and they're open every day, which is quite odd for Spain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think on Mondays it's a two euro surcharge to also go see the Camera yes, Obscura, right. but they had the best preserved uh, hammams from the Islamic period um, that I've seen in any of them, and the Alcazar and the Alhambra, I reckon they had the nicest bars. They were really good. I liked the old pharmacy, which was up up the tower. That was was great. Um, There's also a zoo. It's uh, interesting, set in a botanic garden. Um, What I liked about it most was actually the fact that they are doing lots of reproduction and releasing Mm -hmm. uh, things. So that keeps uh, keeps animals in the wild, and they're pioneering a couple of programs. Um, the Arabic baths were amazing. That was that was a highlight. If you're going to get a, a little treat somewhere, then an afternoon at the baths, just Definitely. amazing. And I quite enjoyed the Museo de Belen. It only costs three euros to enter, and you get to see dozens of nativity scenes, which is quite odd. It really. <laughs> <laughs> really is. We did it around Christmas time, just after it opened again, because now it's open all year. Last It opened in 2011 just for a short time, and now it's open all year. And uh, it was quite cool, because we had that one, and there were lots of other Belenes, Belenes all around the city. On Sunday, you can go to a market, which is held outside the Alcazar. There's also a fish market, which is open every day, but Monday, is it? Or is it Sunday, Monday, it's closed? The, the market is open every day except Sunday, and the fish market, well, there's no fish on Mondays. Uh-huh. So, but you can go to the it's food section. Beautiful, beautiful building. And there's a, a souk, or a zoko, as it's called, which mm-hmm. is a whole lot of artisanal stores and kind of a, an open mall. And um, a free favourite would be the Claustro de Santo Domingo. It is so it's a beautiful. Beautiful building. Um, you can go for a wander around for about half an hour, and they've got a, a few small galleries in there. But just the building itself was really lovely. At Christmas time, there was an, a nativity scene exhibition, but usually there's two or three things going on apart from that. Yeah, well, Jerez is famous for its Christmas celebrations there's um street parties called zambombas which are held in In the the street street, (laughs) in the squares in the bars um you just have to wander around yeah you'll just find them everywhere Uh, it's also the time that the new wine is released so they've got this thing called mosto which is a low alcohol 
uh, freshly released wine. Um, and yeah, so Sambombas, Mosto, and, and Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's great. And it seems that Jerez is a city where there's always something going on. At the moment, there's been carnival celebrations, there's a festival coming up that we're just going to miss, and the calendar is just packed with stuff. I, I feel like I could easily spend a year here and not be bored. Mm. Yeah, well, if you've got a couple of months, it might be cool to do a, a Christmas in Jerez and then the carnival in uh, Cádiz. For and sure. then you get the, the two sides of the festivals and the, the Andalusian life without the high temperatures. Unfortunately, temperatures cold. here are kind of, Freezing. I'd say, no, it's about 5 to oh, 20 it, degrees. No, it gets, well, it gets down overnight, to 3 or 4. Overnight it'll drop below 5, but during yeah. the day it's normally kind of, yeah, 5 to 20. And uh, if you are looking out at 2 metres of snow in the northeastern US right now, you might be going, that sounds pretty good for next yes, winter. Yes, yes, but winter <laughs> in our city of Auckland... It's really it's strange if it gets below. No, it's strange <laughs> if it gets below eight or nine, and then you know you're looking at about sixteen to twenty. So the highs are about the same, although it rained less here. Well, let's stop arguing about the weather and talk about the white villages or Los Pueblos oh, that's Blancos. So cool. Well, you need a car to visit the white villages, unless you can find a tour that will take you to a few of them. And I haven't seen many advertised, so that would be quite difficult. No, Luckily, it's we really, have... really a self-drive kind of thing. Yeah, we went on a day trip with some friends and did a one-hour one hike in the hills near Grazalema, which is one of the prettiest towns. We also passed Arcos de la Frontera, which is kind of perched on a cliff, and uh, spent the afternoon in Ronda, which is actually in the province of Malaga, but it's white as well. Yeah, so from Jerez, we were basically heading east until we hit Ronda and then turned around to come back again. And what there is is all of these little, uh, yeah, little townships, all painted white, all um, from the the Muslim era, and that's where places like Jerez de la Frontera gets its name. It was one of the frontier towns between the Islamic and the Christian parts of Spain. Um, so yeah, really fascinating, deep in history, and uh, the food was definitely a highlight, as well as the pretty, pretty villages with the big. Um, oh, it was kind of like being in Thailand a little bit, with these big cast mountains sticking out, and then this, almost like you see in a stereotypical Greek uh, photo, with all of these white houses and little churches mm-hmm. right next to it. Apparently it's a pretty new development. In the 1920s and, and before that, they weren't all white. So I think it's been a, a decision that has been made to make them all white. Yeah, well, it's worked well. They're certainly beautiful. It's and, really great. Um, yeah, I mentioned food. There was uh, artisanal cheese. Grazalema especially is famous for its cheap sheep's cheese. <laughs> and, uh, oh, it's just so good. Well, I think that's pretty much all we have to say about the white villages. You should definitely visit them. They're very gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Apart from the white villages, Jerez and Cadiz, there are lots of other small towns in the region, like El Porto de Santa Maria, San Luca de Barrameda, Rota. We didn't get to visit any of them because we were based in the in the cities. But uh, I suppose we'll just have to come back to check them out. I guess so. Well, uh, I think we could talk for another hour or two on Andalusia and the, uh, the towns and cities around, but we'll have to stop there. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.